0: You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound. It's your favorite Tar Heel voice. So welcome to Locked on Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Happy to have you rock with me on this Wednesday. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you can download and subscribe to Locked on Tar Heels podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked on Heels or me personally at Candice D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. We are going to look at the other side of the, of the ball. We're going to talk about Virginia Tech What is going on over there with Land? Make sure we figure out just what we're up against these Tar Heels. What are we going to do to compete on Saturday and ultimately get that win? I'm also going to talk about Danny Green and the Los Angeles Lakers as they are one game closer to another championship, another ring under Danny's belt. Let's talk about that. Finally, where is Carolina basketball going to be playing at the Maui Invite? It's obviously not in Hawaii due to COVID, but find out where they're actually going to play in this tournament, who they're going to be playing, and when it all starts. I got that all for you today here on Locked on Tar Heels. So let's get started. Now, only five teams in the ACC remain undefeated, and two of them will compete Saturday in Chapel Hill. Yep, the Carolina Tar Heels and the Virginia Tech Hokies are both 2-0. They will compete on Saturday at 12 p.m. on ABC. Virginia Tech will look to complete the season sweep of North Carolina's triangle teams. So they ended up crushing NC state in their first game out, which a lot of people were nervous about because it got postponed and ultimately they had it and they were down players. Didn't know that they were going to be able to, you know, put on a full squad and actually get things done, but their team stepped up. They, their depth pro- depth proved itself. And that was sincerely a matchup. I thought was going to be <laughs> not go the way it went for sure. The Hokies had a close matchup against Duke last weekend, winning 38-31. to Duke was looking for its first win of the season. Ultimately did not get it against the Hokies. And, you know, Virginia Tech continues to roll. A lot of questions that people are wondering whether or not the Hokies are going to be able to put on full squad week in and week out because of COVID-19. But they're clearly getting it done. You know, most teams um, make their improvements from their first and second game. But Coach Fuentes said, Given the roster fluctuations, that improvement may not be as pronounced as we're used to seeing. He actually wasn't sure that the team even played uh, or even improved that much between NC State and Duke victories. So if Coach Fuentes still feels like the team has a lot to prove and they've won some pretty, you know, stapled games, it's going to be very telling as their biggest test comes on a Saturday against the Tar Heels. Now, Coach Fuentes wanted to speak on UNC's offense and said, quote, incredible poise. And speaking of Sam Howell, I think an underrated aspect that he may not get enough credit for is his toughness. Watching the film from last year, he took some heavy shots in games and kept getting back up and standing in there and delivering the football. Incredibly accurate passer that has a really good run game to go along with it. He and that entire offense are a tremendous challenge. Now, we know that Sam had a great run game on Saturday against Boston College, but we're hoping to see more of that throwing arm that everyone loves and thinks that is you know, incredible from last year. We're trying to see if that Sam still in there. We don't want that sophomore slump that we were a little nervous about going into the season before all of the craziness happened, and now even more so kind of figuring out where his head's at, you know, where the mental focus is. always going to get better. Is he too hard on himself because he had such a strong – Um, Freshman campaign, or is he just figuring it out as he goes, like the rest of us in 2020? And we're just gonna have to give a hell of a lot more grace. Now, other parts of UNC's offense that Coach Fuentes spoke highly of was that UNC can run the damn football, he said. Those backs are explosive and powerful. And of course, I agree, and I say this every week, every time I'm watching a game, feed Javante. That is critical for UNC to get this thing rolling. I believe that, you know, Carolina is setting itself setting itself up for greatness if you feed Javante Williams. And make sure when you're down and out, you feed Michael Carter. Period. And we'll be fine. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. I could draw it up. I know a lot of people think women can't bleed coaches, but it seems pretty basic to me. So feel longer. if you're looking for an assistant, call me. All right, cool. Now, <laughs> UNC... We'll have to worry about the Virginia Tech defense, which I'll go dive into a lot further. But just for a little tidbit now, the Hokies are third in the nation with 319 yards per game rushing only behind Air Force and Army. So, Carolina, we got some work to do. And we think that Virginia Tech is just going to let us run all the way up and through them. I'm not sure that's going to happen this game. I truly believe that Carolina is going to have to find its rhythm early and often and really read the defense and see what they're giving them and adjust accordingly. Now, diving into this Hokies offense and defense and where we think that Carolina might match up and all that good jazz, and as I talk about on Fridays, my key observations, I can't know my observations if we don't talk about what's in front of us. So, from a Hokie standpoint, the QB situation is what a lot of people are still wondering. Heading into this season, many expected quarterback Hendon Hooker to pick up right where he left off after throwing over 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns and 18. Eight starts in 2019. However, after missing practice time in the lead up to the opener, the redshirt junior didn't dress for the NC State game, and the keys to the offense were handed to Braxton Burmeister and ultimately Quincy Patterson after Burmeister sat out part of the first game with a hand cramp. So Coach Fuentes wouldn't commit to who the starter was, but saying heading into this last week, we felt like it was Braxton. We'll go out there and practice this week and like we do with every single position and try to evaluate it and make the best decision we can for the football team on Saturday. So to me personally, I think not knowing who your quarterback is going into games is always frustrating Because that is the leader, that is the helm of the offense. So if you're sitting here still scratching your head, wondering who is going to be the guy leading the charge on the offensive front, when you know you're going up against a tough defense like UNC, it's going to be for a long day. So maybe he's just being coy and not telling us who it is. That could very much be it. But maybe they really do have to scratch their head and wonder who might take the position because as Carolina has seen against Virginia Tech, <laughs> you can get beat by the first one, second one, or third string quarterback, and it still might be a long a long day for you, as we saw last season in that six overtime game. Now UNC will also have to prepare for Khalil Herbert who has been the answer for sure. He leads the nation in rushing at 156 yards per game after his 208 yard outing against Duke, a performance that earned him the ACC running back of the week. And you all know how I feel like running backs feed Javante feed Michael Carter, but Khalil clearly is eating good over there in Blacksburg. So we are going to have to keep our eyes, sights and sounds on him. Now, We have to break down the defense, but first I have to tell you guys about this amazing opportunity here with Built Go. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint, my personal favorite. Built Go has helped me break through my wall, especially on my long days at work. Built Go is the healthy replacement for my energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. It gives me the kick to keep going and finish my day strong. It has B6 and B12 vitamins that are perfect to keep boost, perfect to keep that boost of energy. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. Make sure you follow, download, subscribe to Locked on Tar Heels podcast. You follow us on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Or me personally, at Candice D. Cooper. So we've got to talk about Danny Green and these Lakers. I know a lot of people are really on Danny's neck when it comes to his play in this playoff performance. I've seen a lot of arguments say, borderline, what is going on? And is he trying to, he only plays well when he's going against LeBron and not when he's actually playing on his team. Which, arguably, I I could say that for argument's sake that it's been showing itself true because Danny is just not the same that we're used to seeing, right? We're used to seeing Danny dominate these games with his just, is he'd been able to, you know, shoot the lights out of a gym, make records or not make records, but set records, I should say. And yet and still, when it comes to this season, he is struggling in these playoffs. But let's talk about this Lakers game for a bit. LeBron James apparently woke up from a nap on Tuesday and decided that this was the go time. You know, he felt the vibe that this was a very high-pressure game from all sides, considering that it wasn't really a win-all or nothing game for either team. It's weird that he was just so high intense, but, you know, it's LeBron James, 0 dark 30 You know, we got to get it going. We want to be able to come out here and dominate and go up 3-1 and you know, make sure we make, we make our mark, (laughs) say that three times fast in order to, you know, deplete the heat, deplete the heat, man, make your mark, deplete the heat. I'm really just going on here, but make the heat feel like there's no hope. When you go up 3-1, everyone's feeling like they have to battle back and you're going against Goliath at this point, but we all know David had his little stone and he had his slingshot. And so there's always a chance but we certainly don't think that that's the case, considering the Lakers handled Miami the first game. They came back, dominated a little bit again. Not I wouldn't say dominated. It was better game the second game, third game. Miami showed himself true. But then this fourth game, Miami came out had a strong showing. But it's just so obvious that they need Drogic back, and unfortunately, you can only do so much with guys in the paint when you're going up against a guy who's 6'10 in Anthony Davis, when you have a bully in LeBron James. And that proved itself true as the Miami Heat lost 102-96 to in Game 4. Now the Lakers lead 3-1 and can win the title when the series resumes Friday. He said, LeBron James said it was big-time play and big-time moment, not only for AD, but for, you know, the Lakers and the franchise in general. And it also helps when your shooters Shoot, Contavious Caldwell-Pope scored 15. Danny Green added a nice 10, right? And normally we hate on them because for every now and ago, go, they brick a little more often than they should. When you're in the corner and you're wide open, that's what gets frustrating, I think, for a lot of these Lakers fans and wanting to see LeBron win his fifth, was it fifth, fourth title? I think it's four title. Sorry, I'm not a LeBron fan. I don't know. Apologies, but... I believe that, you know, these guys are wide open, missing shots and keys and you're wanting LeBron to dominate and he's trying to be Mr. Assist Man of the Year. And it's just like, okay, I I suppose. But the way that the Lakers fans do, like go in on Dana Green and Kentavious, it's just I'm so glad I am not a professional baller because I don't I don't think I could take it. Like if I had any type of you know, connection or allegiance to anyone. I would just be sad because they just, they are vicious. (laughs) Jimmy Butler scored 22 points for Miami, which got 21 from Tyler hero. And, 17 from Duncan Robinson. 15 from Bam Adebayo. Shout out to North Carolina Connection there. He is from High Point. And Bam, who's coming off of missing two games with a neck injury, to me was giving it all he had, right? He was just trying to go out there and compete. And he was a difference maker. I think that is why Miami was in the game. And I'm hoping that, you know, he can put on an ice pack, put on a heating pad on that neck and go out one more game because I want to see six games. Why let it stop? I'm, I'm tired of you know, sweeps or gentlemen sweeps. I think it's not fun. I want to see like good hard fought wins. I have to earn it a little bit, but the Lakers are certainly doing that. They are. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't need any negative, but I I don't. 3-1 is just, it's tough, right? (laughs) I'm tough for the Heat to try and make comeback. Miami's doing everything they can, but I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. This is the 36th time that a team has held a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals. Of the previous 35, the team with the lead has gone on to win 34 times. LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016 became the only team to win come back from three down and beat the Golden State Warriors. We all remember that. This was our I that. Like, you know, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. So that was that situation. So the odds are certainly not in their favor. If you are a betting person, you're covering the spreads, odds, predictions, all that good stuff, then you know that the heat, putting all your money on them is not a good sign. But I, you know, crazier things have happened, right? We're just going to Throw it throw caution to the wind and hope for the best for the heat and just make it a game I, I like I said I just want to see it go on for as long as it can because you know basketball's cool every now and again all right that's that's my that's my basketball insider expert take on that as you can see I'm not very much of an expert taker on it <laughs> but I wrap up the day with the my the Maui gym uh, the gym Maui Invitational. And that is changing. I want to know why. Where is it going to be? Because COVID-19 is messing up dang near everything, North Carolina basketball is taking its talents to a different city this year, a little closer to home. So we got to find out where next on Locked on Tar Heels. So for the first time ever due to the COVID-19 pandemic and schedule changes announced by the NCAA, the Jim Maui Invitational is planning to relocate to Asheville, North Carolina, with games to be held at Harris Cherokee Center. That's crazy. So if you thought you were going to Hawaii and ended up thinking and then found out you had to go to Asheville, I would be a different kind of heathen. I mean, I understand the precautions and everything that's happening to happen and why we have to do what we have to do. But whoo. That If you were a senior and it was like your last time being able to go to Hawaii or you're a freshman and you've never been or, you know, any kind of thing, like you were hurt last season so you had to stay back or all those different scenarios basically that couldn't allow you to be in Hawaii or fully enjoy it like you wanted to because you've just been, you've heard all this hype about the Maui Invitational, that would hurt my spirit. Like, I would have to go back to Maui because— You know, from what Roy Roy Williams has described as a Maui Invitational, it seems like one of the best tournaments out there. I mean, coaches get to wear Hawaiian shirts. They don't have to be stuffy in suits. You know, kids get to see whether or not, see what the competition is like at a very high end out the gate. So you see what you're working with. You can, you can go from ranked first to ranked seventh in literally a weekend of high-quality basketball, which is what a lot of teams have seen recently, especially as talent has gotten better and more well-dispersed throughout college basketball. Now, the 2020 invite, it will kick off November 30th to December 2nd. Carolina opens the tournament against UNLV, so the University of Las Vegas, on November 30th at 7 p.m other teams playing in the tournament will be Texas David Texas versus Davidson shout out to Steph Curry Indiana versus Providence Stanford vs Alabama. So it'll be a great tournament. Nice little fun knit group there and playing some good fought basketball throughout that weekend. All 12 championship round games of the Maui Invitational will be televised on ESPN, ESPN 2, or ESPN U or streamed on ESPN 3. So ESPN running the band the gambit TV and also TV listings will be there closer closely announced towards the tournament. There have been 128 teams that have started the season in Maui that have gone on to compete in the NCAA tournament, with 49 teams having advanced to the Sweet 16. In each of these nine last seasons, one or more teams who have competed in Maui have gone on to reach the Elite Eight or higher. That's pretty insane. So, like I said, quality competition not the gate. You can literally start top one, top five and go back to top 10, top 15, 20 because of the Maui invite. Because you either get played and your team gets blown out, or because you have great competition, and someone has to give a double take and realize, oh, we're nothing to joke out. So, some upsets allow for some new rankings. Like, you know, pre season rankings and actual college rankings are a little bit boo boo, but still, you know, it helps for the morale of the group, right? When you're talking about Carolina, you have 04, 05, and the 08, 09 teams from North Carolina, that have won the Maui invite, who went on to win NCAA championships. So good vibes, it's all in Maui, all of that good stuff that we're going to bring to Asheville. It's actually nice, Carolina, if you think about it, not having traveled that far, it's what, about four hours to Asheville? So it's a nice little drive, getting around those mountains. I wouldn't want to go around a mountain in the bus, but maybe they're flying. I'm assuming they're, you know, chartering a plane, all that good stuff, and they'll be, you know, quick little trips. 45 minutes or so now North Carolina has played in a record seven Maui invites and you know finishes strong and solid every now and again and I'm hoping that we will make a better showing depending on how some of these upperclassmen do because it was a little bit challenging last year to say the least in the college basketball world for the heels but it's never you know a wrong time to get, get things back on the right track and that's what Carolina heels will do so We're going to keep our sights and sounds set on that. Now, looking into the rest of the week and what we've got here, we're going to fully break down Carolina versus Virginia Tech. What are we going up against? What is the, you know, historical value or historical, you know, setting around Carolina versus Virginia Tech? How many times has Carolina won? How many times has Virginia Tech won? Let's look at, you know, what it means and what's at stake for Carolina winning this game. You know, we talk about Carolina being 2-0, and beating ACC teams, but what does it really mean if they're able to pull off this win against the Hokies? Will it take six overtimes? Let's talk about that because Lord knows I'm going to a wedding on Saturday. I would hate to have to miss, you know, the opportunity to get the bouquet thrown at me because I had to watch 10 more overtimes of Carolina. I'm hoping they can get a gun in regulation. That's all I'm asking all like I the wedding doesn't start till four but you know you have to do pictures you gotta do all that yeah yeah stuff I just need everything to get done in regulation I'm bringing my laptop i bring in my phone I want to make sure you know I'm that me and my boyfriend are that couple that watch games while people are like giving toast and stuff like where is anybody else that group where like you're what you're hoping that there's a tv I think when I do get married one day it's not going to be around like, it's not going to be during football season. That's for damn sure. And I also believe that, you know, there is a sporting event going on. We'll have TVs available because I just think that's, you know, that's nice, right? Let's get a beer and let's be able to watch a game too, just in case you're not really trying to get on the dance floor. Everybody doesn't want that. You want to go smoke a cigar. You want to relax. I just, I think everyone should be able to have options for weddings, right? Give me the option. So I'm hoping by watching on my phone, you guys can tweet at me at Candace Cooper. If you see anything wild and crazy, send me a highlight. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm gonna be in an uncomfortable dress, but it's okay because I've been eating my built bars all week and fasting, so I'm gonna be good to go. But I want to be able to know what's like some key things that are going on there throughout the week. So I mean, throughout the game. So you gotta make sure you keep me updated at Candace Cooper, or you can talk to me on at Locked On Heels. As I prepare, I am sad about it, you know, but that's, that's my reality. So we'll get through it. More importantly, we got to give our observations of the weekend. Are we going to be okay? Like let's just call it like we see it after two games. What are still things that we need to work on keep our eyes on the radar. We need to know what the heck we are going to do going into Saturday's game and just having fun with it. So final thing, drop that playlist. I'm going to have my playlist on Apple music. We're going to upload it on Spotify and we're going to be good to go. And we're getting ready for a great weekend in Chapel Hill. Should be beautiful weather. It's always nice here in Carolina during this time of the year. So I want you guys to make sure you are safe, smart, you are stocked up, and ready to go for Saturday's game. Let's talk about it more tomorrow. As always, go heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.